Let us pray. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the chance to worship you. We give you thanks for the chance to hear from you. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. God, guide us um, and show us what you have for us. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good Amen. evening, friends, and welcome to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk, our weekly podcast where we do exactly what the title implies. We talk about Scripture. Um, I am Pastor Trey Comstock. With me as ever is Go Brandy. Sister Brandy Dudley, good evening, y'all. Go Scott. Pastor Scott Ketchot, great to see y'all. Go Stacy. The artist formerly known as Stacy. Yeah, yeah, this is Summer of Rock after all. And so, yes, uh, once again, we are uh, back together, um, uh, gathered together over Zoom through the marvelous technology that, marvelous when it works anyways, um, that we have this opportunity to share God's word. And uh, this week, we are, uh, because we're doing Summer of Rock, there, there's maybe not feel like rhyme or reason to the, the order of what scriptures are picked because it's trying to like, it's hard enough to connect scriptures and rock songs and all of that. And, and then having to impose like a logical order to it didn't work. Um, so this one, uh, we're jumping back to Christmas uh, that we, you know, we are gonna go to, well, it, it's not what you normally think of as Christmas, right? Normally for Christmas, you think of like Matthew chapter two, Luke chapter one, Luke chapter two. Uh, this is John chapter one. It is admittedly the beginning of John, uh, specifically John chapter one, verses one through 18. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own did not accept him. But to all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And he was... And, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his, full, from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God. It is God, it is God the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. So John's gospel opens uh, in a way uh, that we're not quite used to. Uh, John's gospel opens with the big picture. Uh, where most most gospels, uh, you know, the other three kind of zoom in um, or want to know about the immediate like the earthly past right both luke um and matthew get really into the idea of jesus genealogy to like trace back generations and so in that way 
look to the past. John goes super high concept and looks in both directions. Looks like the way past, like at creation, uh, to say Christ is there at creation. Um, and then projects way past the beginning of a gospel to the end of a gospel. Uh, with Christ's death and resurrect, with Christ's rejection, his death, his resurrection, and Christ being bringing God's grace into the world and, and, and making God known to us uh, through what he does. So you see this like big picture of Christ's life. And theologically, uh, in thinking about how we understand God and what we understand God to be, this passage ends up extremely important because this is. This grounds a lot of our understanding of the big picture of who Christ is, right? All the Gospels see Christ, you know, as this important figure, figure as the source of salvation, um, as the Son of Man, as the Son of God. But John gets really explicit of Christ, of our, basically of our understanding of the Trinity, of like Christ as being, you know, at the same time three and one as a part of God. Um, as an aspect of God, uh, this is where this is where a lot of that grounds. And so, chapter one of the book of John is one of those Bible passages. When, especially if you dig deep into theology, you're going to come back to time and time again because so much of what we believe is grounded here in chapter one. You know, I I think it's interesting. Uh, a lot of scholars look at John more likely being one of the later gospels. So yeah, he's yeah, writing. The last one. Yes, yeah. he's writing last. He's, yeah, so he's writing in light of what the others have said, and so already kind of knowing the emphasis that they had, he was very specific in choosing what he emphasized on, and and like you said, just really hitting that real focus of Jesus is God, and and he does it in a way right here in the the, the beginning that relates back to both Jews and Greek philosophers with right. that idea of the Word of God. You know, uh, the Word of God was the way a lot of the, the uh, Old Testament Hebrews would, would even refer to uh, talking about God. There were some translations of the Old Testament in Exodus that told Moses brought the people out to meet the word of God. And Greek philosophers talked about, you know, logos and as having to do with this aspect of that, that's the ultimate reason that controlled all things type deal. And so it's kind of like John's coming in and going, you know, this idea that you've all been talking about, let me give you a fuller understanding of what this is and who this is and how this plays into this man, Jesus. Well, and, and John is writing, we believe, um, based in some ways on his content to a much more Greek um, and philosophical knowing um, uh, congregation or, or, or a group of people that he would have been writing uh, much more directly into the Greek world um, in a way that certainly writers like Matthew and Mark um, are not doing so, right? Uh, particularly Matthew is writing to a much more kind of Jewish understanding um, audience. John's on the way other end of that spectrum needing to not justify, but it's certainly in some, in some ways it is um, an early work of apologetics, This uh, this idea of um, particularly, uh, this becomes a really important aspect of Christian writing about a hundred years after uh, the book of John uh, comes out, but this idea of helping a Greek audience wrap their mind around it in a language they're going to understand. 
right? Because they're not necessarily going to understand on that same label level um, the kind of a deep Hebrew um, Hebrew perspective of a writer like Matthew, right? Matthew, um, you know, at Matthew emphasize we, we just did this, right? Matthew emphasizes the Sermon on the Mount, okay, we, which is important, and Jesus lays out a lot of uh, of how we are to live and, and the implications of who he is in that. But it, the Sermon on the Mount is largely structured. Um, quote from Jewish law, agree with it, make it even more so. You have heard it said, um, you should not kill, right? Well, I say you should not even kill in your mind because if you commit violence in your mind, it is as if you have done violence in the world. It is taking something that a Jewish audience would have known well um, because it's who Jesus is talking to and Jesus' earthly life and ministry um, and extending it more so. John is swinging out in a whole other direction that's not going to land necessarily with the Hebrew audience, but is definitely going to land with a Greek audience. I'm looking at the writing style of John. I'll kind of piggybacking on what Scott said. Uh, if I was reading this as an English teacher, uh, this first chapter is the main idea of the whole essay in a, in a way, guys. He's summarizing Jesus' life in, in this one chapter, so to speak. And yes. uh, especially the part where it said the word became flesh and dwelt among us, is like you say, okay, I can expound on what I just said previous, the previous verses of who Jesus is and how he is to us. And it, I just found it interesting how he wrote it like that. And it's like, oh, I can't wait to read, to read the rest of it just based on this first chapter. I can't wait, you know. Well, yeah, yeah it's kind of like, are, kind of like getting to the end of a I'm sorry. It's kind of almost like getting at the end of the book, you know, like in the book you have like a, uh, I don't know what you call it, but it just kind of goes back over the whole story you just read. Like in, in summary, this is what we're, you know, talking about. And I think it's what John was doing there is just like, okay, so I'm taking everything Matthew and all I said, and this is a different, you know, like you said, a bigger scope of, yeah. of what we're talking about. Well, again, it, it shows, I, in some ways, it goes back to showing what his audience would have valued, right? Um, a Greco-Roman audience, um, particularly an educated one, would have cared deep about rhetoric, deeply, deeply about the structure of language. Um, this uh -huh. is something the Greeks and Romans are obsessed with. It's one of the reasons why Paul is so good, is that Paul's rhetoric um, is so good. You just often have to, uh, you know, Paul like Romans is one continuous argument, right? But we don't read it like that. Um, and so here you have good rhetoric. You have good structured rhetoric is the understanding of how writing is structured. You have good structured writing here where you do open with this, you know, introduction. You do get the like big picture. And so then as the things in the gospel unfold, um, you can connect them back to this. It's again, um, this also goes back to you know one of my main axes to grind and how we use scripture stop using scripture in little bits read more of scripture connect the pieces together because these writers mm. weren't writing in small bits uh maybe the author of proverbs was but like generally scripture was not written in small bits um these gospel writers in particular and paul are writing these long arcs um with very clear themes that you need to look mm -hmm. at in bigger pieces or you're going to lose something I think right. mark was writing like 
real fast because he's like you read one story and you jump to another story and you just keep on to what well, I think it has sixteen chapters in it. Yeah, it's sixteen chapters. That's a fast read, you know. Well, <laughs> and it, it is it is remarkably shorter than the other gospels. Right. So what what we were kind of, you were talking about yesterday in your sermon uh, at church, uh, we were talking about the Beatles. Um, Sergeant Pepper was a concept album. Right. And going back to what you were just saying about reading how you read scripture, you know, you can't just, I mean, you, you can pick songs from Sergeant Pepper's Only Hard Come Lit, but, but it's better to listen to it as a whole because it's a concept album. Well, it's, it's how the, it, it's what the, how the authors, how, you know, largely Paul McCartney uh, with a little help from John Lennon. Um, it's how the authors intended you to approach that work. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in the same way that if you're the who Tommy, right. You are meant to approach that work. Um, it's album rock. It's not singles. And right. we often treat scripture like it's singles when in fact, especially the gospels um, are written as an album um, where unless you approach the big picture of it you're going to miss some of its meaning what the author wanted to communicate to you um mm -hmm. if you just be like if you just zoom in on you know your particular favorite passage or one particular story and lose sight of the arc of the whole gospel uh you are not just missing content you're missing meaning um that a particular mm -hmm. story or a particular parable or a particular aspect of christ um that shows up there right like this is you, you've got to, you all, to me, you've always got to keep uh, not just the like zoom in micro, like what is my Bible verse for today kind of reading of scripture. It's valid, right? That way you see a lot mm -hmm. of scripture um, in a short period of time and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but then we also need to learn in that step back fashion of how, like, what is the arc of this book? What are the themes of this book? Start to think about these gospels in particular and Paul's works as works as right. books. And what do they try to say as books? Right. Because as you go along uh, reading, you're going to come back to, Oh, I got to go back and read this verse now to make sense with this. When you should have just done that to begin with, and you would have saved your time, your yourself time going back and going, okay, now I got to start over here and read again, you know, just look at the entire, like, while you're there, go ahead and read it. Well, and also, so, okay, so I don't know how many of y'all ever watched The X-Files, right? Mm. Um, mm. I, I watched a little bit of it. But, so in The X-Files, in a lot of that kind of fiction, there are two different kinds of stories. There are long story arcs where, like, it's the same story told across multiple episodes. Um, and then mm. there are monsters of the week right? One-off episodes um, that just look at like a particular serial killer or a particular alien or a particular whatever, right? And we right. treat, we often treat scripture, scripture like it's monster of the week. Just look at this one, you know, self-contained piece that doesn't connect to anything else. When in reality, it is long arcs. It is those multi, you know, multiple connected miniseries where one thing is building off the next thing, building off the next thing, building off the next thing. And even right. in the like order and structure of scripture, things are building on it, right? You know, um, scripture mm -hmm. from the Christian perspective begins with Genesis and ends with Revelation. 
right? It begins with creation and ends with new creation. creation. That's a structure, yeah. right? Um, that teaches us something about God, about the universe, about everything. Um, if only we will take the time to look at the big picture. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, John wanted to focus on Jesus being 100% God, right? but also 100% human. You yep. know, that's why he said, again, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He walked with among us and mm -hmm. being the God in the flesh. So mm -hmm. I think that's quite unique that he want us to realize that, that yes, Jesus is God, but he's also got some human side in, in him too. That whatever he went through, we go right. through on a daily basis right. as well. well. Right, that he, that he bore... Um, uh, he bore the marks of a uh, human life and made it out while sa scathed by other people's sin, unscathed by his own sin, right? That he live, he makes it through. He lives an actual sinless life. Um, yeah, I mean, he lives he, he was, as God and human. Um, and, it was actually and, a, he was actually a living example of right. how we should live. Right. Literally. Exactly. Literally. Yeah. Um, Wonder looks like Scott is having some real severe technical challenges. Yeah. Um, if you're listening yeah. to the audio, if you're listening live with us and wondering where Scott went, I I don't yeah, know I, either. I, I'm here. I just need to chat. I'm here. Just um, my, my camera has overheated, and so I don't Ooh. have a video feed. So I was remaining quiet, so it didn't switch to a blank feed well, no. when i'm so talking we have, so we have waiting for iv cam connection um yeah it's not uh, blank uh, it's 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 quite no <laughs> so go yeah. ahead you're just a, a computer right now that's all oh, yeah <laughs> it's the voice of the computer everybody run <laughs> the voice of the machine yeah oh, yeah man. so again it is the, john in some ways is is setting up all of Jesus' life, right? Jesus' birth is God among us, um, Jesus' death, and then the meaning of Jesus' death and resurrection, right? Um, from his fullness, we all have received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. Right. And so now we are jumped to the end of the story. And so in these 18 verses, we open with a, a summation of the gospel, um, a, a summation of the deeper meaning of Christ's life um, and a reasonably good introduction to like, OK, why do we care about Jesus? If you can only assign one chapter um, in some ways, John, people love John chapter three. But honestly, John chapter one gives you a more full picture of who Christ is and why that matters. Yes, like even, go good, Scott. Really go just, yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, it's, it's that aspect of just really hinting that this is a separate individual from the father, but yet they are equal in the Godhead. And it uh -huh. really hinges in on the fact that Jesus is God, you know, you have, you know, we, we've talked about when you all talked about the gospels, I just kept thinking that, you know, it's really one gospel. It's not four gospels that we think of it that way, but it's the one gospel played out over four perspectives. It's almost like a movie that's done where you see 
what's going on from different characters points of view and that's what's really going on here in uh the gospels the first three being very similar and then john going you know what let's really take and hit you know not so much the servanthood not so much the the messiah or the perfect man but let's that he really is god and hitting that spiritual aspect of it and really just driving it home and that that first part of it that you know that's contentious with a lot of uh, groups that try to come against this idea that uh, Jesus claimed to be God. And some have even gone and retranslated those, those segments and stuff. And because it's really key there to understanding that, no, this is what's being said and what's done there throughout all of it. And that's one of the things that makes him different from any other teacher that come come up was because he literally did claim that deity with the father. Right. That in, you know, as a quote, I use a lot from my seminary days, um, my uh, systematic theology professor, uh, Dr. Pacini would state kind of summed up one of the core claims of Christianity is that we've claimed to seen salvation, right? That salvation in God came to earth that we could see it. Um, that salvation is not some far off thing. Salvation is in uh, this one that is the word made flesh, this one that came in person to us um, and that we have had a direct encounter um, and can then get through the power of the Holy Spirit, get to continue to have a direct encounter um, with salvation. And, you know, look, the, the divinity, the understanding the divinity of Christ versus the humanity of Christ. Um, we did a, um, a, 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 a Christian boot camp episode um, on it. So if you search something like uh, the nature of Christ um, on our Facebook page, it will pop up. Because we, yeah, we did a um, we did a faith faith boot camp um, episode on this um, back. I, I don't know before the world went mad. So a thousand years ago, six months ago, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, a while ago. Um, we, we finished we finished boot camp a while ago. Um, but we did a boot camp episode on that because it is something that has been argued and fought. And 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 in the end, you you have to go back to John one. And what John one says is very clearly, Christ is God. Um, and, and very clearly, it's also way more complicated than that. That there is this aspect of Him um, coming uh, to, into the world. Um, and, and testifying to the light and, and, and being this, this person. The word became flesh and lived among us. And, and people wanted to like, well, maybe he was just like pretending to be flesh. That's not what John says. That You can think that. Not what John said. John said became flesh. Um, not sort of flesh. Not like appearing to be fleshy, but not. Um, and, and then people were like, oh, but he's not really God. It was just like God resting on him. Nope. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. And the word was with God and the word was God. Right. And so um, one of the things that makes that in some ways makes understanding Christ hard is because um, John doesn't explain the process. Uh, but in some ways it keeps it simple. Um, it is both flesh and God figure it out. Or as I like to think about it, it is flesh and God deal with it. Just yeah. you know, I, I understand that doesn't make sense by our logic. Thankfully, the world doesn't run on our logic; it runs on God's logic, and that works out <laughs> just fine. Like you were saying a while ago, uh, either deal or leave the party. Yeah, deal or leave the party, right? Yeah, uh, God, God gave us a visual aid because if anybody like me to get a full understanding of something, I gotta have that big cheese tablet 
and number two pencil, draw me a picture <laughs> so I can understand. So that's what God did in bringing Jesus into the world and made him flesh so I can un- we can understand what the word yes. would look like. Right. And how he would function. Because the word is more than the word. The word was a function as well. So he, yeah. he did his thing while he was here and did it quite well. Okay, so does Scott because his camera seems to be working. Yeah, oh, Scott is still alive. <laughs> yes, he, he crawled out of the computer. <laughs> That's right. And you know, it, it's interesting because when you really look and think about what John's doing, this idea of the word becoming flesh. You know, the Greeks and their version of gods and all that—they're essentially were simply super men who were uh, really full of issues if not more so than most regular men yeah and no. then to yeah and so you know he's telling them you know those logos that you've made known you know you know that you think ordered this true god became flesh whereas the jews definitely had a high reverence for god and to think that god would lay aside all of that and become flesh to dwell with us yeah they would have a hard time accepting that so he knew his audience and he knew he was choosing words in a way to make both of them have to take God out of the perspective box that they had placed him in. Right. Yeah. So you got you mm-hmm. to think, you know, core to certain, certainly second temple Jewish theology, which is the Jewish theology that Christ and Paul and all of, all of our heroes in the new Testament run into is really places a value on, honor the temple so we don't get sent into exile again, right? Like, let's center everything on this temple so that we don't mess this thing up. Uh, and and so it, it puts God on a literal pedestal, right? Of like, God lives in this house, and what we must do is honor this house. And then Christ comes in the world and says, don't worry about the house, worry about the life. Yeah. And that really... You know, and certainly that's what, you know, that shows up in the scripture with, with John acting as the precursor of Christ of like, hey, um, s- stop worrying about the house so much. Let's worry about what we're doing um, for God in the world. Well, he's letting us know the house location is going to mm. change because now we are the yes. house. Well, no. well, and that we can actually have uh, the other piece of this is that it's crazy that we don't think about it as crazy because we're used to, you know, kind of modern Protestant theology that stresses this nine ways of Sunday is this idea of having a direct relationship with God, mm-hmm. right? That it, because in uh, both in the Greek world and in the Jewish world at the time, you had indirect relationships with God um, as we know God or God's lowercase g um, because you would go to, in either way, you would go to a temple, you would interact with the temple priests, uh, and then the temple priests, priestette, you know, in the Greek case, you could have any number of temple officers, um, uh, some of which had very sensual duties, shall we say. Um, But however, you're having this indirect relationship um, with capital G God or lowercase g gods. And Part of what it's saying here is Christ disrupts all of that by being a direct, by being a bridge for us to directly encounter God. Um, you know, no one has ever seen God. 
It is God, the only son, who is close to the father's heart, who has made him known that God has been made known to us more directly and that we can have that more direct relationship with God, um, no longer mediated through the house um, or, you know, Greek priests or Greek priestly prostitutes or whatever. Those were definitely a thing. Mm. Um, yeah. Greco-Roman religion is a garbage fire sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the idea of, hey, you don't have to have the priest. You don't have to have the preacher. You can have a relationship to God. They're supposed to be facilitators to help you right. learn the best way to, de- to develop your own relationship. Whereas previously it was, no, they're the mediator. They're the go-between you and God. And Jesus said, no, I am now the mediator between you and the Father. But the craziest thing is I also am part of God and the Father. Therefore, that makes this a much closer relationship than you'd ever had before. Uh, Right. And that... And that comes, and that yeah, and that comes to us through Christ, through the Word being with God and also made flesh. Creates that, if you think of it, creates that bridge. Um, you know, one of the the big like, if you look at like Immanuel Kant um, and the kind of philosophers thinking of trying to think philosophically about religion. Um, one of the things they say is like, you know, the Kant especially says is you can't ever know God. Great, John says that. Um, and so philosophically, God is too different from us, um, for us to ever have a relationship with God, right? God is wholly other. Um, what bridges that gap Mm -hmm. is Christ. Uh, so that's one of those like, sure, sure thing, philosopher. Yeah, absolutely. God is totally different from us in, in so many ways, such that we could on our own, never have a relationship with God. However, um, because of the work mm-hmm. of God in God's self through Christ, uh, we can have this relationship with God. And it's God that makes it possible. Without God, without God doing what God did, we couldn't get there. No man coming mm-hmm. to the Father except through him. That's what, he, that's what Jesus right. said. So in, order to, establish a, in yeah. order to establish a relationship with God, you got to get it with Jesus. You got it made. Jesus is the, door, the doorman to uh, Club God. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, um, he's the hallway that gets you into the VIP room. Yeah, all of that. Um, I, so I guess this is a good place that I need to bring this weirdly philosophical. I guess we're reading John, so it's not weirdly philosophical at all. Yeah. Um, right. You know, it's just like, hey, by, by the way, Scott, while you were off camera a while ago, you should have freaked everybody out and went, what are you doing, Dave? What are you Don't doing? do that, Dave. <laughs> I don't like to that. do that. <laughs> um, we have read the book of John, and so what do we know? We went all philosophical up in here. Um, if you have any feedback for the show, please, 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 we welcome it. Uh, post a comment here on Facebook, on post a comment here on YouTube, however you're watching it. You can email us, um, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. You can leave a comment over on our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash video. Also, there is an audio version of the show available after the fact uh, sometime um, the night uh, the show airs. Um, <laughs> just search Scripture Talk uh, by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice, and we will be back next week uh, with yet another fun-filled edition of Scripture, um, as scripture Talk as we wrap up the Summer of Rock next week. Um, wow. And also, remember, Fear not. Stay well. God is with us. Let us dance. Can you hear the music? I'm paranoid now. Yes.